Big news this morning. It has nothing to do with UNLV basketball. Danny has his coffee? Danny has his coffee. Headlines, breaking news. Who paid for that coffee, Danny? I paid for it. Oh, uh, wait. Have you gotten your reimbursement coffee? I have not yet, but I had discussions this morning. It'll be coming <laughs> later today. So negotiations continued? Uh, negotiations were continued, and we finalized on a deal. For anybody that missed yesterday, uh, Danny gets a Dunkin' Donuts coffee every morning. Uh, he puts it in the fridge while he uh, goes to work and then gets it back out of the fridge when our show is ready to go. And somebody else in the building decided they were going to clean out the fridge yesterday and threw away his full iced coffee. Uh, so Danny didn't have a coffee yesterday, figured out who it was. That person, it's Steph from <laughs> next door, uh, has promised to get Danny a new coffee. Yeah, let's not say another person. Let's just throw her under the bus. Yeah, it's Come Steph. On, it's Steph. It's Steph. But he's got his coffee today. I do. You're you, smiling. You, you're happy. Well, he's, you said you hit it this morning. Yeah, I put it on. I put it on the lower shelf on the door <laughs> behind whatever <laughs> bottle is down there. You're hiding it behind the ketchup. Yeah. So you know, I'm happy. I got my coffee. Smiling. You're you. You got a pep in your step. Yeah. I I still have my coffee yesterday after after the fact. But so you need two coffees today. Why don't you just say bring one for the morning tomorrow? Why do you need two coffees? That's, those are big coffees. Nah, I got a long day today. I got both jobs. You can put two of those away. Oh, I could, I could drink this like I could probably drink three or four of these all day, every day, and it wouldn't do anything to me. Jeez. Like I could drink this maybe an hour before bedtime, and I'd fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow. See, I'm the same way. Caffeine doesn't bother me sleeping. Like always, people say, don't drink caffeine before you go to bed. doesn't matter. I yeah, it's a, a myth. Don't listen no, to them. No, I could drink a whole thing of soda or whatever and then just fall asleep. Yeah, it's a myth. Don't listen yeah. to them. I don't, I don't believe in that. Here we go. The first bite. Are the Golden Knights going to be the most hated <laughs> NHL team Here again? Here we go. All right. It's, not good, go. Th- it's not good that Mark Stone is hurt. But God, am I excited for the Golden Knights at the trade deadline now? Well, they they're famous for uh, LTIR yes. and putting saving money and going going to making deals. This is this is uh, what we've seen from them. So, yesterday, Adam Hill reported that Mark Stone is out week to week. Also, that it is not a back injury. We don't know Should what it is, Mark Stone, but it's not a back injury. If you haven't, if you forgot, Mark Stone had two back surgeries last season. Um, Kelly McCrimmon was on the sick podcast and he said he's going to be out of our lineup for a while. Now we've talked about this before with the golden Knights injury problems. You can go back and look and see when they normally describe injuries <laughs> day to day normally means week, week to week. week and week to week normally means at least a month, at least a month, sometimes more than that. There are 26 games left in the regular season. The final regular season game is on April 18th. So we're looking at about a month and a half until this regular season is over, almost two full months. If week to week really means at least a month, it doesn't seem that crazy that Mark Stone's going to miss the entirety of the regular season. No, not at all. It doesn't seem crazy at all. Um you're exactly right in how they've explained, which is awesome. I love this with how they explain injuries because they really say nothing. Um, but no, you're you're right. I mean, won't even blink if he's out for the rest of the time. And here's the thing: they'll be cautious with him because of what's happened in the yeah. past. Um, whether it's not as whether it's his back or not, and Adams reporting it's not his back, so I believe that. Um, 
they'll be completely cautious with this guy in terms of when they bring him back. Yeah, and even here's the thing. Even if the Golden Knights, if it was like, okay, the regular season ends on April 18th, Mark Stone's going to be ready to go on April 10th. You just leave him out for the rest of the yes. regular season. Yes. Like you, you use the long-term IR space, and you just leave him out for the rest of the regular season. Now, do they know, like right now, do they know, hey, April 10th or April 20th, do they have an exact date in mind? They might not have it that specific, but they're probably within the ballpark there. So what it means, trade deadline is coming up next month. Mark Stone's cap hit is $9.5 million. The Golden Knights can move that to long-term IR and effectively free up nine and a half million. It won't be quite that much technically, but can free up basically nine million dollars to spend at the trade deadline in cap space. Jack Eichel, by the way, is also on long term IR at the moment with ten million dollars, but he's expected supposedly to come back. expected to come right. back. And with Mark Stone potentially being on long term IR, there's no real need for Eichel because that right. that would be almost twenty million dollars yeah. between the two of them. I can't Which imagine they could get a few players. For <laughs> I can't imagine they would add twenty million dollars in players, but. There is now the opportunity for the Golden Knights to have long, Mark Stone on long-term IR spend or go trade for a player that makes four million, five million, six million, seven, or three players that make two or three million, two players that make four or five million, something along those lines. And playoffs come around, salary cap doesn't matter. Mark Stone's healthy. Mark Stone plays game one of the postseason, just like he did last yeah. year. Yeah, I can't Isn't wait. It? I can't wait for it. God, people are going to be so angry. Oh, around the league. Oh, they're they're already mad about Jack Eichel being out. Yeah. Even though Eichel's projected to come to back. Come back. There you, you can find tweets that are already complaining about it. I this is great. Like I I am so excited. Not for great them. that he's hurt. No, but it's I'm great. I'm very excited for the Golden Knights to add two players that make four million each. They're like the most aggressive team at the trade deadline. Then get to the playoffs. Here's Mark Stone. You're like, hey, this lineup is fifteen million <laughs> over the cap. Oh, it's so great. And they win the cup again. Is there any chance the NHL would change the LTIR rules? I mean, they haven't yet, Stone? and people and and the Knights aren't the only team who's done this Tampa in the past. Yeah, yeah, Tampa did it, so they haven't decided to yet. So yeah. I don't know what would preclude them from doing so now. They've had, they've talked about it in the past. There hasn't, according to reports, been a big appetite to make the change it's because right now, again, for anybody who doesn't quite a hundred percent understand, with the long term IR, there's a salary cap in hockey. You are allowed to exceed it when you have injured players that you can put on long-term injured reserve. And you're allowed to exceed it by as much as that player makes. But in the regular season, if you want to bring that player back, like for example, Jack Eichel, you have to make sure your team is under the salary cap when you bring him back. But what the Golden Knights did last year and what they could do again this year is once the regular season ends, the salary cap is irrelevant. So... You could put Mark Stone on long-term IR, bring in another player that makes the same amount of money as him, and then when the postseason gets here, just bring back Mark Stone, even though that team would be over the salary cap. It's irrelevant in the postseason. The number one reason why I don't think they have done it and probably won't do it again, change anything about this, is to exploit this rule, you have to be able to win with these players on long-term IR. Right, There is a punishment to doing this, and that is that you don't have Mark Stone in your lineup. And nobody wants to have a lineup without Mark Stone in it. No, he's leading them in scoring. Right. So there is a punishment to this. And we talked about it yesterday. I don't think it'll happen, but the Golden Knights are not so far ahead that they couldn't fall to a wild card right. spot. 
Like, there absolutely is a risk if Mark Stone doesn't play the rest of the regular season that Vegas could fall to a wild card spot. They could technically fall out. I doubt that happens. But, like, there is risk involved here, and we saw it two years ago. They missed the entire playoffs. Now, there was more than one guy hurt. Their whole damn roster was hurt right. two years ago. But there is risk involved, and I think that's why. Because you don't – until the NHL can, like, prove that somebody did it, like, on purpose. If this was, like, a fake injury by Mark Stone, then obviously that would be a problem. But no team is going in saying, all right, we hope, you know, that one of our $10 million player gets hurt. Who's leading us in scoring. And then and we can use out, long. No, like, yeah, nobody's no planning on that. Right. You're just taking advantage of right. it of, oh, he's, he's hurt. hurt and we're going to put him on LTIR. I would be curious, though, if they win the Stanley Cup back-to-back years with the same exact player going on long-term IR and then coming back for game one of the playoffs. And playing really well. I do wonder if that would change any of the conversation. Like, if Stone well, comes there would back... Be, well, there's already been conversations. Yeah. Teams are not happy with this. Yeah. If Stone comes back game one of the postseason and then plays really well in the playoffs and they win, I do wonder if that would change the conversation around long-term IR. I don't think it would, but it's possible that the same player and the same team doing it back-to-back right. years could make it say, hold on. What are we doing here? So, can't wait for the trade deadline. Golden Knights can get whoever they want now. It's amazing. Um, sucks that he got injured. Yeah. Um, and upper body. I mean, who knows what that means? Uh, I'm glad it's not his back, though. Right. Because that would that would really stink for him. Yeah. Any would, he's had two back surgeries. I think any time that there's an injury for him, given the lack of well, details, any upper body injury, people yeah. are going to say is it his back. Because of lack of details, the the back is the first thing that jumps to my right. mind. And then, obviously, if he suffers another back injury, that's could become extremely serious extremely quickly for him and his career. Yes. Like, that's sort of the issue there. They play the Maple Leafs tonight, oh. 7 o'clock. Austin Matthews scored two more goals last night. He's got 51 on the season. Um, he's on pace to get into the 70s and approach the 80s. And there's only been, I think it's three or four seasons in NHL history with 80 or more goals in a year. Like, he's on pace to do something that nobody's done since, like, nine, I think it was Brett Hole in 91, if I remember the tweet correctly, that had 80-something. Nobody's done it since 91. And Austin Matthews has 51 right now. Has he scored a night? No. No, look at no, that. I'm going to say no. Aiden Hill actually plays well? Yeah, I'm going to say no. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I'll say he's. I'll say he doesn't score. I think they win tonight. Oh, okay. Toronto's, they played last night. Back to Granted, back. it was Phoenix, so it's a back-to-back on the road. Vegas had a day off. Pretty good. I, I think they win tonight. All right. Um, the, my only concern is that Aiden Hill actually hasn't been that good recently. Uh, what is it? He has lost three straight starts. Uh, he has all three of them below 900 in save percentage, and his goal saved above average is uh, negative in all three. So Aiden Hill's on a bit of a rough stretch here recently. Three games, I don't think is too much to get too it's worried about. Not a big about, sample size, but I think they'll be fine tonight. I assume he starts tonight, right? I would assume he okay. starts tonight. Yeah, I that day off yesterday. That's the curious part of of Cassidy and handling the goalies is how quickly do you say, okay, let's he's been bad for three games, let's give Logan Thompson the start. Who just came or, off a shutout of an AHL yeah. team, or does it need to be? Oh, Aiden Hill's been bad for five or ten. Like right. how many? How many does a coach look at and say, okay, this is a problem. Right. I need to do something different. I don't think three is. I don't either. I, I think you just look at that and say, eh, whatever, and then start him again. Now, if he gives up like four in the first – if Austin Matthews is a hat trick before the first intermission, you might oh, okay, we might need to figure something might out. Might have to switch before in the next yeah, game. Yeah, it might happen there. He's minus 135 to score a goal. That's, that's insane. 
that yeah. anybody is negative money. Yeah. Uh, to go to that's crazy. Make the call, Danny. I say he does not. I mean, as of right now, you just got to go with the hot stick and say yes. <laughs> the hot stick. Uh, the hot stick. The hot stick. <laughs> I say no. Back to back, Aiden Hill will be yeah. good. Golden Knights offensively don't have their full lineup, but def- their, their defensemen are, yeah, are all there. healthy now. We'll see how good their forwards are because the other the other stat, uh, Mason Morelli in the Golden Knights last game, the Golden Knights did not have a shot attempt with Mason Morelli on the ice in that loss to Nashville. They had a 0% Corsi with Mason Morelli on the ice. They also did with Keegan Colasar, so neither one. Like, they shared the ice most of the time, but Cassidy split up the lines there. Uh, they got outshot 12 nothing with Morelli on the ice, so hopefully that guy's not on the ice when Austin Matthews is out there. <laughs> That might, he, might, he might score six goals if that's the case. Coming up next, we'll get into some UNLV basketball because the running Rebels avenge their loss to Air Force. DJ, down low to Whaley, underneath to Caleb Boone, has his dunk blocked, gets it back, and then slam dunks it. Follow the guys on Twitter, at Ed Graney and at Bischoff underscore Tyler. We are giving away $2,024, and all you have to do to enter to win is text us. 702-364-1100 is the text line. Today's keyword is Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. Text Martin to 702-364-1100, and you will be entered to win $2,024. We've got a daily code, so make sure you listen every day, 7 to 5 p.m., Text in Martin to 702-364-1100. We'll have a new word tomorrow and the next day and so on. So the word is Martin today. I'm excited to see how you guys screw this one up on purpose. Uh, But Martin is the keyword. UNLV beat Air Force 72-43. to They dominated the entire game. I think Air Force had a one-point lead uh, with like two minutes in, and that was it. UNLV led the rest of the way. Did that win last night make the 32-point loss even worse? Well, it does ask, it does beg the question, how in the world did you lose to these guys ever? By 32. I, it's crazy. It's still crazy because they, they just they crushed them last night. Oh, like that, it, was, it was a non-competitive yeah. basketball game. I thought they were crushing them when it was 14 to 10. Yeah, I thought so too. Because you're like, there's no way they're losing yeah. this. You just had to watch two minutes of it and say, okay, they're going to win easily. I have one disappointment actually i have two disappointments but i'll get to the other one later i have one disappointment kevin Kruger should have left his starters in to win by 33 all right here we go they they were up by 29 we with 420 to play none of the starters played the final four minutes of the game they only won by 29 should it only should have left the starters in get to 33 say look at that we got the point differential on air force instead air force outscored him this year yeah yeah, I don't think Kevin Kruger's worried about it. He should have been. I don't think he's should've worried been. about it. Should have gotten the 33. Then you could have said, look at that. We're better than Air Force this year. Now we don't know. They both split blowouts. We, we don't know. know, Ed. We know. We don't know. We know. We know who's better. We don't. It's not. I'm not sure. My 13 and 5's in play. Oh, boy. Here we go. Still in play. Here we go. Right? I or mean, eight and yes. Five, right? Technically, yes. they can go 13 and 5. Yes. It's in play. They're not going to, but technically they can go we'll 13 see. and 5. Um couple of things one UNLV made a pretty significant defensive adjustment and I thought it was kind of funny they just sagged off of everything like any screen that Air Force set whoever was guarding the screener just dropped into the paint because they were not going to give up 
a back cut or a back screen or any sort of fake screen and cut to the basket. It was just get bodies into the paint. That way, if somebody tries to cut to the rim, there's a person there to stop a wide-open layup, and they did that Air Force. They did get a couple because Air Force is always going to get a couple backdoor cuts on you. They, they try to do it every possession, but it was only a couple in this game. What it led to, Air Force got a lot of open threes, and Air Force could have been, I don't know if they would have actually been winning the game, but they could have been in that game if they had knocked down some threes, but Air Force shot 5 of 28 from 3, 17.8%. Air Force, they're top 30 in the country in three-point percentage, yeah. so... It's the, the only way they stay in yeah. games. So the defensive strategy from Kruger was basically, we're not giving them any layup. They're, they're not getting shots at the rim. They're going to have to hit a bunch of threes. And Air Force can do that, but they did not do it last night. And so that was the big defensive adjustment for UNLV to not get beat by backdoor cuts from Air Force. I mean, it worked. So, yeah. and it, you know, like you said, if I was watching uh, early and then it just got out of hand. Um, but they didn't They didn't shoot like they did when they were here. Yeah. And even if Air Force had shot well last night, UNLV yeah, still, yeah, still wins, wins the, game. the game. Because the other part of this, UNLV's offense was unstoppable last night. And this is the part where I, I really don't understand how they scored just 58 points in that first matchup with Air Force. Because you here, here's my favorite stat from last night. UNLV made 26 shots. They only had eight assists, right? That's a bad ratio of assists to made shots. Normally, that's not a good thing for your offense. But it was perfectly fine last night because every single player on UNLV's roster could just dribble past their defender right. and get into the paint. And either score or find somebody. Right. And so they didn't have many assists because the majority of their offense was just, well, I'm just going to drive by this guy and lay right. it in. And the Air Force could not stay in front. Air Force did try to play some zone. And that didn't work. UNLV just hammered them on the offensive class. They ended up, UNLV got 16 offensive rebounds to 12 Air Force defensive, defensive rebounds. rebounds. They got 57% of their own misses. So, like, Air Force couldn't guard them man-to-man, -man, and when they went zone, UNLV just flooded the offensive class. They were essentially unstoppable. I don't understand how they only scored 58 points against that team. I can understand defensively how Air Force might have a really good game. They can shoot well from three. Well. Yeah, they, then they did. The they backdoor did cuts, is, it's right. not something you see that. Like, I understand that Air Force's offense could have a really good game. I don't get how UNLV's offense couldn't score on Air Force in the first matchup. That's the part of it that's the big mystery. Because, again, Jackie Johnson, Justin Webster, guys that are not, like, your primary scorers could just dribble past their guy, get into the paint, and get a shot up. I, They couldn't guard anybody. So that was kind of... Stunning, and also, oh, this is what the first matchup probably should have looked like overall. Uh, you, The two guys, or the guys, especially uh, Ritus Petrius, who was really good here, uh, was not great last night. That guy's not any good. Went the triple-double here. Yeah, I don't was, know how was, that was happened. triple-double here, 18-13-11 in the first game? Yeah, he sucked last night. Yeah, he was Six points good. on three of 11 shooting. He did have four blocks. <laughs> exactly. Which, that was very yes, confusing. Exactly. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. what's happening here? He, he was going for the quadruple-double. Going to get 10 blocks in there as well. Blocked Caleb Boone a few times. Yeah, it's like Caleb Boone didn't realize a help-side defender was going to come, and, right. and he blocked two shots the same Petraeus. way. Um, so, yeah, Rydus Petritus after triple-double, he was not very good. Um, my other complaint for you, DJ Thomas, we got we got to work on stat padding. 
to get his numbers better. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to worry about yeah we got to worry about the numbers here. Okay, his numbers aren't that great. Nobody, he's averaging twelve point seven and six assists. Like, ah, it's not that good. Leading freshman in assists in the country. Yeah, it's not that good. Well, nobody's nobody's looking out there seeing ah twelve and six. That's a superstar player. We got to get those numbers up. And part of the problem is last night's game. He took five shots, scored six points. He only had one assist because everybody could just dribble pad. He's got a he's got a stat stat pad. You play these bad teams and you get blowout numbers. You you got to start putting up your own shots. Boy, you look for anything. Oh, you got to get these you numbers look for up. anything, even in a blowout. You got to get the numbers up. He had for one what? assist last night. A numbers up for what? So people think you're good. I think people believe he's good. Not people <laughs> that don't watch UNLV basketball. Do they matter? There's yes, they're the ones that put UNLV in the NCAA tournament or not. I don't think the selection committee would sit there and say they this is their resume, but if he had better numbers, we're going to put him in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, people that are going to vote on like all Mountain West teams, they're not watching every UNLV game. I think he's done well enough to where oh, he's, he's it's him or Toppin for freshman of the year. Yeah, it's him or Toppin. For not anymore. Of the year. Well, Toppin had a bad game last night yeah. too. He's also got to work on his stat padding. He didn't score double digits. Well, last Well, he played night. a much better team. Last he did night. play. He did play a competent he basketball a competent team. Competent basketball team. But you got to work on your stat padding. You play a bad team, you got to up the numbers. Not not the numbers can't go down. I think he's done enough to do what? He's a good. He's a good player. He's done enough for what? I mean, I think he's gonna. He's already on the what freshman All Mountain West team. Well, do he might even. I think they do freshman of the year. I don't know if they do. Yeah, I don't think there's an all-mountain West freshman team. There's there's very rarely five freshmen that play enough to even warrant an all-freshman team. Well, I'm going to say that he's going to be freshman of the year. Ooh, I don't know. See, he hasn't done enough. What's he done enough for? Well, it's him or Toppin. I don't know. I mean, it's him or Toppin. But Danny said he's already done enough. Done enough for what? I think he's shown that he, he is one of the leaders of this team. He has been a fantastic player all year long, especially for coming into... None of that's an accomplishment. He's no, done enough for what? No, You're just but saying I'm, for people to think he's good at basketball. But I'm saying he's proved that he is a great player, and especially coming into college basketball early, he should be in high school right now. Right, but none of that's what I'm talking about. He needs to pad his stats so that when people look at DJ Thomas's numbers, they say, oh, hell, he's really good. Instead, they're going to look and say, oh, he's averaging 12 points and five and a half assists. You can find that guy somewhere else. I can go find you a guy from the big sky that can come in and average 12 and five. Yeah, but if you're just looking on... that's uh, What do you think people do? There's 370 of these teams in college mm-hmm. basketball. You can't, you, even if you wanted to, you can't watch all of them. You can't even watch all the Mountain West teams. Joe had a nice text here. This is funny. He said, I like the graphic at the end of the game. Air Force had their highest and lowest point totals against UNLV <laughs> this season. What a great basketball team. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Danny Webster joins the show. You're listening to the Press Box on 100.9 FM and 1100 AM. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Danny Webster. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Danny. Good morning, guys. How are you? What's up? Are you excited for the Golden Knights to use long-term IR space, bring Mark Stone back for game one of the postseason to be the most hated team in the NHL again? I, I think I'm more excited, but I know my Twitter account is not going to be excited <laughs> with all the mentions I'm going to get over the next couple of months, that's for sure. Uh, I know Golden Knights injuries, we don't exactly get concrete timelines uh, ever, don't even know what the injury is, but how likely do you think the scenario is that the next time we see Mark Stone is game one of the playoffs? 
Well, I, I think the good news is it doesn't sound like it's his back. So I, I think that's the first and important thing here. The second part is I I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case, but I don't think it sounds to the point where it's going to keep him out for these last you know couple of months. I, I, I think that it's going to keep him out a little bit. I guess the hit that he took in the second period definitely rocked him a little bit, but I, I don't. From, from what it sounds like, it does not sound like it's going to be something that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year, which, you know, based on LTIR and the math and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's great news how they balance that when everyone gets back is the other issue there. But at least from what it sounds like, it does not sound like it's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. So if what, how, how much can the Golden Knights fall here? They're not necessarily in a, a terrible spot as far as falling out of the playoffs, but... They're not really that close to Vancouver. Edmonton's not too far behind. The Kings have been playing better. They don't have Jack Eichel. They don't have Mark Stone right now. How how far could they fall in the next month or so? Yeah, that's really the slippery slope now just because, the like you, like you mentioned, the Kings especially, they're starting to play well ever since they fired Todd McClellan, and now suddenly they're only a few points back out of third place, and the Oilers lost last night too. So I, I think for the Golden Knights, they they've earned the right to at least say if you can as long as you can just get in, you have as talented enough of a group as to make a run no matter where you are. Whether you're the first wild card, whether you're third place in the Pacific, or if you stay pat and you're second in the Pacific. I think as long as they are able to just get in and find a way to navigate their way through whoever it is they're facing, whether it's they end up on the central side of the bracket or they stay in the Pacific. I think the fact that they have earned the right to be able to be wherever they are and show that they can play against whoever I think is beneficial. But obviously, you got to start racking up wins in this stretch coming up. You know, with the next with these uh, this five game road trip coming up on the East Coast is definitely going to be a big task for them. Uh, we were saying earlier, small sample size, but have you seen anything of late with Aiden Hill of why he's uh, taking a step back? I, I think it's just. Uh, nothing really stands out. I, I think the last game, it was just a bad night seeing pucks, and I think Nashville did a great job of screening him and not allowing him to to get comfortable with guys in front of him. I, I think the thing with Aiden Hill is that he came back so red hot in his first four starts, and now I think he's starting to feel the workload, which I, I don't know is a is a proper way to think about that, but the fact that he's just starting to get in, get settled in and, you know, getting more reps and whatnot, I think he's definitely in need of a break here at some point. I think the, the San Jose game should have helped, you know, having that game off. Um, but just last night for sure, not, not, not a great job reading pucks. Uh, guys were screening him well, and I don't think that it just, it didn't translate well for the rest of the game. So I think tonight, it, it, it's expected he probably should play against Toronto. I think that's probably the fair assumption. And I think given the given the opponent and given the fact that Toronto is, you know, Toronto as far as high-profile opponents, I think he should probably be able to come back and bounce back. But definitely, definitely a rough, shaky start the last few games here. Aiden Hill's interesting to me because it was about, if we go back to this time last year, he was sort of viewed as a career backup, a guy who was fine but nothing special, and then, he was awesome from February on and has been awesome into this season as well. But wh- what do you think the, I guess, sample size for poor play for him should be before there is a genuine discussion about if he should be the number one goalie? Obviously, it's not three games, but he's not an established, hey, he's been doing this for eight years type of goalie either. 
Right, and, and that's the weird thing, too, is that he hasn't played more than, what, 26 games in a season in his career, so we really don't even have the barometer to go, okay, well, if it's maybe four or five starts in a row that he's given up you know, three goals a game, is that a problem? I, I think it has to be a little bit more of that roller coaster type feel where you get like three goals allowed and like four starts, and then probably a couple more where you're like, okay, maybe he gives up two here, two here, and then it goes and then it spikes back up. I, I think we just haven't hit the point yet with Aiden Hill that he's played enough games to where it sounds like that he's on a slide. And I, and I think we'll have to see over the next couple of starts if he does trend that way. Where, where it ends up that way. So I, I think it has to be like a roller coaster type of thing where you have a couple of good starts here, maybe more bad starts here, and then we kind of evaluate going from there. So your best guess is what he does with the lines now that Stone and Eichel are both out? Yeesh. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that's the tricky thing, because especially now that you've moved up Carlson with Stevenson and Stone for a little bit, how do you kind of uh, balance that out? And the fact that the wall line has played so well you were able to balance it out a little bit. I, I honestly am intrigued at how they go about it tonight. I think I think that obviously you're going to see maybe a call up here or two coming up for morning skate today. I don't know if that sounds like Brendan Brisson. I'm not sure if that sounds maybe like Jonas Ronbier to kind of anchor the, the bottom six and make sure you have enough penalty killers to kind of fill the gap. So we should we should see later this morning what it looks like. But it, it definitely now going to be a very interesting look with the way that they're going to go forward without Stone now in the lineup. How many goals does Austin Matthews score tonight? Well, he had one last night, right? So he's now at 50. Uh, uh, didn't he have two last night? Did he have two last night? I think, oh, he, I I think, he, got, like I think he got a second one. Uh, I, I feel like it has to be one, has to be the minimum at least. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, second night of a back-to-back, they're not really having the, the party time in Las Vegas coming off the, the game against Arizona. I, I'd say one. I think one's a fair number. Is uh, Does it count as a second night of a back-to-back if one of those back-to-backs is against the Coyotes? Yeah, you know what I was thinking about? It. That's fair, considering the fact that it's probably more of a home game for Toronto than anything, and tonight might be just as loud for a home game of Toronto. So may, maybe not as much of a disadvantage. I uh, wanted to ask you one last thing. If we look ahead, assume they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, if they're healthy on the back end, who are the six defensemen in the lineup for the first game of the playoffs? Is it the same as the six we saw last year, or do you think there could be a change? I I think it's going to be the same six. I, I just think with that group, they, they've established how well they can play in the playoffs. And obviously, you know, you look at certain certain guys in the lineup, and they're not playing – they haven't been playing that particularly well. But I think come playoff time, when when push comes to shove, you trust those six because they've gotten you here this far. All right, Danny, how's Pinto? Uh, Pinto is actually uh, good. He just ate some breakfast, and he's now literally sitting right next to me. Phenomenal. There you go. Phenomenal. <laughs> he's Danny be. Webster from the Las Vegas Sun. Danny, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Pinto is his dog, by yep. the way, for anybody who doesn't pay attention to our show every single day. We talked to Danny, I don't know, a month ago, and Pinto was barking in the background. What counts less as a back-to-back, playing the Coyotes or playing the Sharks? The, the, oh. the Coyotes are much better than the Sharks this year, but it's in like a college arena. Maybe, yeah. that, make, maybe that makes it harder, actually, because you're like, where the hell am I? Right. If I remember You're correctly, very confused. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you got to do a weird walk from the visitor's locker room to actually get to the ice. So maybe actually playing in Arizona is like, where? what's going on here? 
and the Sharks are just bad. They're just a bad hockey team. If they played those two back to back, it wouldn't count as anything. Yeah, it'd just be like free win. It'd be like playing Air Force twice. Yeah. Might as like, well just, we doing? just bring up the Silver Knights. Yeah. So I I'll go I'll go Arizona is a tougher back to back than San Jose. Because they're a they're a better hockey team. And you're in a weird environment. San Jose is just they're just not good. They're really just not good at hockey. I don't know how they have wins, but they're just not good at anything. They don't even have good players on that team. They're bad. They're really bad. All right, we got tickets to give away. We've got two tickets to go see Extreme with special guest Living Color Thursday, February 29th at the Theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. 702-364-1100. That is the phone number if you want to go see Extreme and Living Color. Call in now at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. Caller number one is winning tickets. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate show? What's happening in Oakland and what Major League Baseball is allowing? Yeah, AJ, it's sad because I know you played there when we would pack it in with, yeah, maybe not necessarily 60,000, but I I used to always like to say we had the best 12,000 fans in all baseball, and then the Giants would come into town and you know we would be able to finally fill the stadium, but the Oakland A's fans are there. They always have been there. In 2000, they were talking about getting a new stadium, and so here we are, 24 years later and it has not happened that's a problem we've had teams like the braves and the rangers go through two stadiums since these guys ended up to say what we want one you're on the elevator up to the press box with graney and bischoff uh by the way dj thomas and his inability to stat pad last night he is no longer the leader among freshmen in assists per game. Oh, really? He got passed he got because passed? he had one last night because he didn't stat pad. Some guy named Nate George playing for Georgia Tech is now ahead of him. I thought after our discussion yesterday, Nate George would have been playing for Eastern Washington in the Big Sky Conference. He might might be eventually and then transfer <laughs> out and be the best player in the Mountain West. So DJ Thomas, no longer number one in assist among freshmen. Just among freshmen, he's 30th in points per game. 94th in steals, nowhere near the top 100 in blocks or rebounds. You're not looking at any of these numbers and thinking this guy's anything special. He's got a stat pad. If you watch him, you're like, yeah, DJ Thomas is good. People that don't watch him are going to see 30th best freshman in scoring, second best in assist. He's averaging 5.2 per game. I'm still not completely sold on those people matter. They're the ones that are going to vote on who's freshman of the year in the conference or all freshman team in the country. I think the people who cover the league – who I've talked to know he's really good. Yeah, is DJ Thomas one of the five best freshmen in the country? I know you haven't seen them all. I, mean, I haven't seen. He all should freshmen. be in that conversation, but he won't be because his numbers aren't very good. His numbers are average. I still think the people who vote know he's good, and people outside the program like vote don't vote. Who cares about them? He's not going to get any awards. Is DJ Thomas going to win a single award this year? Well. Uh, you said in the break, and I kind of agree with you, the Toppins won eight freshmen of the week, and that's usually where people go to. Like, how many yeah. times he won freshman of the week? He's win eight, and the record's nine. So I think it's going to be hard to beat Toppin. So DJ Thomas might not get any recognition well, how many, at all. how many awards are there? The well, you can win all – you can end up on an all-Mountain West team. Wait, do they do three of those? He'll probably end up on the third one if they do right. three of those. Do they I do three they, still? I think they do three. He'll, he'll probably end up on the third okay, team. Okay, there he is. Won an, you just gave him an award. So he'll be on the third team All-Mountain West, and that'll be it. You just gave him an award. So not a single person will think DJ Thomas is good at basketball. I'll say he's on the second team. Oh, Danny's making predictions. Do you think he's winning freshman of the year? 
Like yeah, I twenty minutes said ago, that. you said he was winning freshman yeah. year. Okay, just saying you're gonna he's gonna have this great season. We're like and say, all right, what did he do? Other didn't go to the NCAA the tournament. The didn't go to the NIT. Did third team it's All not, Mountain uh, West. Let's let's calm down there, partner. On what? Calm down on the NCAA tournament. There's, they, there's, Ed, they're not they winning still, the, Mountain West, the Mountain West tournament. You, you say this, Ed, they haven't won three games <laughs> in the Mountain West tournament in the last decade. There's always a chance. There's not. There's I was actually, not a chance. I was actually thinking about it this morning because there's it's what four rounds in the uh, Mountain West tournament. Yes. Well, it's it's four, but if you can finish top six, you only have to win three. Top five. Top five. Yeah. Oh, is it top right. five? Yeah, they got to get the five seed. They're, okay, current, so they're currently tied for the five, but would lose the tiebreaker and would be the Dorino. sixth seed if it started today. I think they go to the semifinals this year. They haven't been to the semifinals in a decade. I understand that they can't like, but th- we're also talking about a team who has shown at times. Yes, they they got upset by Air Force. They've shown at times that they can lose in situations they're not supposed to. Southern Air Force, yada yada. But they've also shown that they can play with the top teams in this league and if it weren't for three blown leads and that air force loss we're talking about an 11 and one mountain if, west if it right weren't now. for three blown leads <laughs> and the air force loss no if, but that's a lot if all of their losses had just but been those, wins they'd be in first but place those those three blown leads they took down to the final minute had they just held on to those we're talking state about game, an 11 they, and one the colorado state game they blew the lead with like four minutes to go Right, but didn't they have a lead with like a minute? I don't think they had a lead with a minute to go against Colorado State. All right, well they were within a couple. They I know also that of free throws at the end. They also beating Fresno State by two. DJ Thomas had a turnover against the full court press, and they gave up a wide open three at the buzzer. So if we're playing the game of well, if they had just won all their close losses, they also could have lost to Fresno State and have another True. loss. True. But what I'm saying is they've shown that they can compete with the top teams. Right. They've so got to beat think, three of them in a row. No, they've only got to beat one to make it to the semifinals oh, if yeah, that's they right. finish You're top five. You're only saying five. the semis. Yeah, He's I'm only, saying, saying semis. semis. Yeah. Beat. So they have to beat one team if they can finish in top yeah, five. Yeah, they probably won't do that. Unless it's New Mexico because they'll beat that team. If they get matched up in the first oh, round in, with New Mexico. Yeah, bet the house on UNLV. That's a, that's a free – that's like a buy. It's like a free pass exactly. to the semifinals. Could you imagine a three-game sweep over – New Mexico. Can I imagine it's the most obvious thing that'll happen if they get matched up. It's gonna be great. I'm calling semifinals. Calling right, DJ Thomas, call. freshman of the year and second team All Mountain West. Ooh, well you're you're shooting high. Let's do it. If he would have stat padded last night, then yes. No, we don't. We don't stat pad here. We play the game. There's no stat padding. <laughs> All right. They had there a big lead. Been. They had a big lead. Kruger decide to rest his starters. Good decision. He, he can rest them while DJ Thomas is in. Get your shots up. Because here's here's what's going to happen for he freshman looks of the year. He to make plays. He doesn't look to force things. Here's what's going to happen for freshman of the year. DJ Thomas and JT Toppin have very similar numbers. Uh, they're both averaging like 12 points per game. DJ Thomas is the leader among freshmen in assists per game. JT Top, uh, Toppin is leading the entire conference in rebounding, rebounding. per game. Toppin also has better numbers blocks, uh, obviously. The only way DJ Thomas wins that award because New Mexico is going to finish ahead of UNLV is if his numbers are significantly better, and they're not significantly better. Toppin's numbers are probably better than DJ Thomas's, so he needs to stat pad against the crappy Air Force. When you're playing a team that you can get to the rim whenever you want, he should have taken 10 straight shots. Watch Colorado State. He's going to go out and get like 14 points and 8 assists. 
That's not good. that many. That's a, good. That's a great game. It's a good game, but it's not enough to boost your stats when you had five and one the day before. I understand, but like I said, they're not out there to stat pad. All right? They won the they game. They got be. the job done. What are they out there to do at this point? And like I told Ed in the commercial, JT Toppin doesn't deserve freshman of the year because they got swept by UNLV. <laughs> so he's automatically out of the running. I think losing to Air Force by 32 is worse than getting swept by But UNLV. they got revenge. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, they did. Not really. I mean, 29 points. It's, it's yes, they didn't really. beat them by 33, but 29 still a pretty good win. If you started the year and said you're going to go one and one against Air Force and Air Force is going to outscore you by three points, not a single person would take that. Well, it wouldn't even be the outscoring of three points. It'd be like you got one and one against yeah. Air Force. It'd be like, it's a terrible thing. They didn't get revenge. That's the loss of the season. That's the that's the game. Unless they win the Mountain West tournament, that is the game of the season. Like when when you define the season, it'll be that loss. Will be the number one thing anybody thinks of. So they didn't get revenge. They needed to beat them by a hundred last night to get revenge. <laughs> They'd beat them by a hundred. We would have forgotten about the thirty-two. We holy hell, they beat them by a hundred. <laughs> And DJ Thomas probably would have scored 40. We're like, oh my God, he's going to win freshman of the year. Stat pad. You got to pad your stats. Joel Embiid does it when he's playing. Get those numbers up. 